to Down to the Nub Live, a weekly show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, interviews, giveaways, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Cigar Mechanic Brandon Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Uh, just to start off the show, we lied to you because Cigar Show Tim is not here this time. And we didn't change the intro for anything. So, uh, Patrick, you can either be Cigar Show Tim or you can be Patrick LeGreed from Half Wheel. I think it'll be Patrick. It's, yeah. Tim's got a Tim's got a pretty good uh, hold on the whole Cigar Show Tim. Yeah, I, I think wanna, so. I don't want to be a poor <laughs> imitation of Cigar Show Tim. But happy anniversary to Cigar Show Tim. Yeah, happy anniversary to him, right? Yeah. He's out celebrating his anniversary. So he will not be here with us today. So I have got none other than Patrick LeGreed from Half Wheel here with us today, which is... Um, I'm I'm excited to have. I never get to see you. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it's been what less than two days probably yeah. <laughs> since the last time I saw you. Uh, we're gonna jump in real quick. Another cigar review is here. Heidi Ho neighbors, Mike G. What's going on, brother? What's everyone's thought on Henry Clay Warhawk? Interesting. Right out of the gate, nice. shooting coming question. out hot. Yeah. Coming out hot. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. This is Jim Miller. What's going on, Jim? Cat, what's going on? And Aaron, what is up? How are you guys all doing? Welcome to the show. So we're gonna have a we're just gonna jump right into it because it's just gonna be myself, Patrick, and I want to just engage in some conversation with you, get to know a little bit more about Half Wheel. But you and I were talking about the show, kind of figuring out what the hell are we gonna do. And uh, I figured it'd be actually a really good opportunity for everybody to see the process that you go through when you're doing your cigar reviews. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's you know we try and be as transparent as possible when we do reviews. Um, and certainly, like, we don't like to hide anything about how we do things. And, yeah. you know, it's so I don't necessarily think it's like some big magical processing. The biggest thing is just being present and aware when you're doing it so that you're not trying to, you know, like post a cigar show where you're trying to, <laughs> where you're trying to do a review because you kind of want to drink or have a drink <laughs> or, you know, have trying to engage conversation or whatever the case may be. I think you're just trying to, first and foremost, be as present minded as you can. And, you know, that's, Sometimes very possible cigars if you're smoking by yourself. And again, sometimes you're smoking in a lounge with your buddies or, you know, wherever you may be. And the the conversation is sort of driving it. The cigar is kind of the background. So yeah. I think, you know, the biggest thing that we try and do is just always put the cigar front and center, pay attention to it, and try and then explain it from start to finish as best as we can. Yeah. No, and I think that's great because, you know, and, and this is why I think this is important because we have a lot of guys like Cigar Prop Kevin's on here. Uh, we've got another cigar review, and he's just kind of having fun with his review channel. But especially through this COVID time, we're seeing more and more people starting their own cigar reviews, yep. finding that time at home to do things because there's been quarantine. So it's important yep. for these guys to understand what the professionals do or how they <laughs> should, you know, kind of the proper way to do it, though. Sure. Right? Yeah. I know you laugh at it because, you know. No, it's, it's yeah, it's all like, oh, professional. Profe you're you're you a take professional cigar smoker. <laughs> what are you going to call me a gentleman next? <laughs> I might. I might. Uh, if we have enough drinks, I might I get do, to that point. You yeah. might. That's all right. Yeah. But um, I, I think that's just really important because you do see some of these review channels and they're, you know, they're maybe missing some of the keys that need to sure. really should be done to make that cigar at the forefront of what sure. a review should be, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you start off the review? We've got some uh we've got some cigars here. We do. Um and, and we'll get into as we're smoking this we can talk about how you guys acquire your cigars and all that kind of stuff. But sure. I'd love to see how you get get started on the review. Sure. So you know the first thing when it comes to actually getting ready to smoke the cigars, you know, just kind of give it a quick look over. Um 
make sure that there's no visible damage to it. Uh, we would probably most likely take a cigar out of review because we review multiple samples of them. If there's something that's really damaged. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's not always possible. You know, you and I live in Phoenix and it's hot and it's dry and thin wrappers don't tend to do very well here. And sometimes you just got to let it roll once you get the cigar going. Right. Um, but you're looking for basic kind of construction things. You're giving it a gentle squeeze just to make sure there's no soft spots or it doesn't feel maybe rock hard. And I think rock hard has become a little more uh, acceptable. Okay. Because there are some factories that do tend to roll their cigars very firmly, mm. yet there's never a construction issue. Interesting. It's not like it's overpacked. They just, for whatever, whatever their technique is, results in a much firmer cigar. So then you you know then you're kind of just taking into account the the, the look of the leaf because we want to sort of describe color and you know this is a, a Brazilian wrapper on it so it has kind of its own unique color shade um, you know you're kind of intrigued by where the where the veins are okay so like for instance pretty much every cigar factory will try and hide the veins on a cigar mm. on the backside so because you, you you know you when you're in the shop you're looking at the front of the cigar right meaning the band side. So I'm a little intrigued, and this isn't a knock, it's just a, it's an observation. Like, there's a pretty sizable vein coming right out of the top of the band right there. Oh, yeah. And again, it's not going to distract me from buying it, but, you know. Yeah, no, so I've got one right below the band here. Yeah, and yeah. it's tough to do sometimes. Sure. You know, they're, they're natural products. They're going to have veins. They're going to be not inconsistent, but they're, you know, they're natural products. Right. But it's just kind of interesting to know that. You look at how the cap is, uh, is mounted, if it's nice and tidy, if the top piece is clean and if it's uh, you know if you're not seeing visible seam lines that's again some of that's a function of the leaf more than anything else yeah we're just kind of taking into account the visual again give it a little squeeze and then once you raise it until you hear the crack right exactly yeah yeah and uh, and especially if you can make your fingers touch <laughs> then then you know you have a winner then you have quality yeah, that, that quality cigar, quality yeah. cigar. <laughs> um, so then you know it's the first thing for me is uh, usually smelling the wrapper and smelling the foot of the cigar because that does tend to give you two different impressions because okay. when you're smoking when you're smelling the wrapper you tend to get a singular kind of of just that leaf whereas the foot tends to give you a little more complete um, aroma okay it doesn't necessarily mean that's what the cigar is going to taste or smell like but sometimes it's kind of a nice way to warm your senses up to the experience yeah so you know i'm not a big wrapper smeller i think tobacco you have to smell in quantity to really get full <clears throat> aromas yeah, but, you know, just so shove it in your nose. Shove it right up your nose, okay. as far as it'll go. Like a COVID test. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. You can actually send this in for a COVID test now. Oh, actually, real quick, Mike G has it on here right now. Um, he says you can't forget to smell the cellophane. Absolutely. And I, I got to point out, Mike, you misspelled that. It's actually cellophane. <laughs> uh, so if if you look, that's it's the new cellophane that recently. I can't even go on with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I'm always intrigued by that one, but. Yeah, the people that come into the lounge and they're just like, and that was before. Oh, it's such a good cigar. Yeah. Yeah, it's like now it's like, ooh, buddy, <laughs> buddy. Um, and real quick too, I have yeah. you interrupted. Cigar prop says he noticed that he's never been mentioned on Half Wheel. It must have been an oversight. I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say to that one. But, yeah. Um, I'll keep that in mind. Maybe it's the beard. Could be. Yeah. Could very well be. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you're just kind of taking a little. You know, this doesn't have a ton of aroma to it, kind of generic, general tobacco scent. Nothing too crazy. Sometimes you'll get a lot of peppers. One of the ones that always gets me is like when you sneeze right after it. Yeah. You, get a, you know, a nice hit of pepper. Um, and then same kind of thing. I just checked the cold draw. 
So I'm getting a citrus note from that, but this is the Laranja um, from Espinosa. So, right. And I, I, I think I, I think I've got a mental thing going on because Matt Hashimoto says he really gets the citrus note on this. Yeah. So that's why I think, uh, yeah, already get that citrus. Yep. And that's and you could and that could very well be the case. And again, you know, the neat thing about cigars is that each one is unique and, and distinct and different. And so, even though they're the same tobacco, same factory, everything. Like, your particular cigar may have a slightly different impression than mine does yeah. because it was rolled on a damper day or it was, you know, this, the tobacco had a little bit of variance as opposed mm -hmm. to like, you know, getting your Coca-Cola out of a big vat, you know, and it's supposed to kind of all be the same thing. Yeah. So, and then just, you know, I checked the cold draw just to make sure nothing's plugged, um, see if there's any air flow issues that may be concerning. And again, you get some flavor off of that as well. And then it's go time and you light it up. So. Well, let's do this. Now, are you toasting the foot every time? Oh, yeah. It's um, one of the things that bugs me when I go to lounges is when you see guys take their lighter and they've got a triple flame or something, and it is like Yeah, just this. touching it, just buried in that. Like, guys, this is, we're not spot welding. This is, <laughs> this is not plumbing. Like, this is gentle. Right. You know, like, just you're trying to nudge it from not burning to burning. And so I always, you know, make sure the lighter's going first and then just kind of ease it in i want to make sure i'm on camera here and as soon as you see that first little flicker of orange you, you know you're kind of doing the work and again it doesn't need to be lit in 10 seconds it can be lit in 60 seconds and then also starting to pay attention to the aromas that come off because there are some cigars where you get a real nice aroma just from the uh from the cigar just starting to burn and you can already tell it's yeah it's smokier, maybe a little campfire kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, Again, I get that citrus. It smells just like a. It smells like somebody put an orange on a barbecue, you know? Yeah. No, it's yeah. the one that I always remember about this is uh, when bartenders would take an orange, uh, orange peel, and they ring it to get the oils out, and they light it on fire. Yeah. You go and smell that orange. It's like, oh, that's yeah, what, for your old fashioned. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's quickly burnt orange peel. Yeah. And you kind of get the same smell. Yeah. And then you're just. Uh, you know, again, once you kind of got it going. <laughs> Matt, Matt says you would have to be smoking the Laranja. <laughs> Especially for you, Matt. Especially was, for you. That's what I was told. <laughs> that may or may not be uh, on purpose there. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then once you get it going, just, you know, kind of get your first couple of puffs and just kind of see where, where does it start to set the tone. There are some cigars that are very upfront, lots of big pepper. They want to, they want to make an impression right out of the gate. Others tend to be a lot more tame and tempered and creamy or whatever. And that is not only a function of the tobacco; it's a function of how they lay the tobacco in the cigar. Right. Because you have on a tobacco leaf, you have tips and tails. So you know the tip is the very end of the leaf. The tail is the part that connects to the stalk. And depending on how you layer that. Um, you can actually create a more intense flavor at the start of the cigar. And some manufacturers are known to like doing that because they want they want that first puff to be a bang. Yeah. It's like you go to a rock concert and you know the lights go down and fireworks and right. like they want that same effect. You get startled by the bass and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Not everyone does that, and that's just a you know, that's a personal preference thing. So and then it's just kind of staying with the you know, staying with the flow and see where it goes. So. so wasn't that something that, if I remember right, wasn't that something that Pepin brought in? Um, was the, it Pepin that, that brought that in originally? I don't know if I would say he or brought it, it in popular? originally. He became known for it. Yeah, where he laid the he laid the leaves differently when you, when he broke them, right? Right. Yeah. And it and it just gives you that that more uh, concentrated that big first thing, mm. and then 
and I'm probably thinking eight or 10 years ago, uh, after that big initial hit, you'd kind of have a, a little bit of a, not a lull, but it would back off a little bit. And yeah. You just kind of see where the cigar went. And again, some people do that. Some people like to have, you know, a more uh, kind of a bell curve progression, mm -hmm. smoother in, let it build and then let it come down because as you get farther in, you're going to get more heat and flavor is going to intensify. So as a blender or as a roller, you don't necessarily need to manipulate it to get that extra flavor out of it. The proximity is going to do it anyway. Right. So, um, yeah, and then it's just kind of, again, like I say, seeing where it goes and seeing where the, you know, where the flavor takes you. And then just trying to be not only aware and conscious of what you're tasting, but then when things change. Because mm. sometimes you'll get like, you know, uh, you'll get a real rapid arrival of pepper or uh, there were, you know, the old 601 blues are the ones I remember. You'd get to a point about, you know, right beneath the band and it was like somebody dropped a warm Hershey kiss on your tongue. Mm. It just says chocolate. No, it was the weirdest thing because it would always happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, every cigar is a little bit different in how it performs because they, they're rolled differently. Right. You know, and the, and the blends are different and the factories and the, and the companies have their own style and how they want to you know, what kind of impression they want to give the cigar smoker. Sure. So, sure. And we have a couple of questions coming here. Sure. Um, number one is from uh, Mike G. And he says, to purge a cigar or not to purchase the cigar at Light Up? I am not a purger. I'm not either. I don't, I've never quite understood that other than in a certain way it makes sense. But I've just, I've never found that to be a, a, uh, a thing. You know, now if I'm relighting a cigar that's gone out, I definitely try and like knock the ash off and then really kind of purge out those first couple yeah. months because then you're getting ash and you're getting some other stuff. But at the start of a cigar, I just, I'm, it, it's just never been something that I've, I've I never understood that theory of purging the cigar. It's, I think sometimes just to, you know, because you're, you're taking a torch and these things can get well above, you know, in the four digits of temperature. Oh, yeah. And, if you're not careful, you can burn the end of the cigar and charred tobacco does not taste terribly good. Right. And that again is why I think you just have to be delicate. It's not the right word, but you don't have to be heavy handed with your lighter. You know, it, these things put out plenty of heat. I have actually, I, mean, I have actually heat. used my lighter to free a seized bolt on exhaust on a car. Yeah. Like just sitting there torching it with the, with the Lotus torch and seize the, uh, got the bolt hot enough to be able to get it out. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, and I'm putting that on tobacco on dried leaves. <laughs> yeah, they will, this these things do more than enough work. Yeah, this is overkill. Yeah, um, and so I think sometimes, you know, by over toasting, you get that charred flavor, and that mm -hmm. may be where the purge comes out. Uh, I, for me, it's just, I guess I just try not to burn, you know, to actually char the end of my cigar. Right. So therefore, I don't really need to do it. Yeah, but that's again, that's just me. Well, and you're in a unique position too, because not only you're reviewing cigars, but you're review reviewing a lighter most of the time while yeah. you're reviewing the cigar. So yeah, you're also going to be one week or two weeks. You're going to be using a triple flame, and then the next time you're using a single, then so, yeah. soft, and, and constantly yeah. changing all the different styles. I remember you had the big Alec Bradley freaking bunsen burner yeah. thing, and you're toting that thing over here to the house every Sunday. Had to wheel it in. <laughs> the dolly and you're just clicking away and you know four cans of butane to fill the thing and that's true there's a cool fire though it was a cool it's, flame i love i actually do love that lighter yeah i wish they could i wish that somebody could come up with that burner design in a smaller format mm. um it's a great tabletop lighter and i it's a little it's not awkward that's not, i mean i guess awkward is maybe the best word just because of the size of them but in terms of a nice wide 
flame. Mm-hmm. I I think the mega burner and the burner are is are one of the or was, man, yeah some of the best flame designs out there. Yeah, you know because otherwise you see these and so you see these single flames that you know are needlepoint sharp and it feels like you're just going right through the cigar, which to me isn't. It's nice for touch-ups, but it's not really great to give you that nice even burn. Yeah. And two, you get you know then you have to think about like what size cigars do you tend to smoke? True. If you smoke sixties, a bigger lighter probably makes more sense. And then you get your quad flame on a Lancero and it scorched the sides, you know. <laughs> I'm waiting for lighters to be kind of like the razors, you know. We have like it used to be a single blade razor yeah. and then it went to double and oh, then triple there. and then you know, oh man, I got 17 blades on my razor in one swipe and you got your whole head done. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. That's one of the things is, you know, with lighters, it's always like, okay, what are we doing with this? Other than adding a new flame, right? You know, because a lot of times it's aesthetic. Now, I will say, like the V6 from Jetline, which is that to me is way too much lighter. You better be smoking Asylum 80s, and that's about it. Uh, I, I just think that's too much lighter for me. Yeah, brazing copper or smoking right, Asylum yeah. 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're doing gas pipelines. Um, so let's get back into a couple questions sure. here. Uh, Matt Hashimoto. Uh, Matt Hashimoto. Matt Hashimoto. Wants to know, does Patrick get an orange zest from the Laranja? I will say that... Which is spelled wrong, by the way. On the on the majority of times, I do get a citrusy note to it, an orange citrus note. I'm not necessarily getting it right now, but I do tend to think there is some sort of, like, orange peel or... Uh, it's not like orange juice because that's sweeter. That's like the right. That's the... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get it. I And it's not maybe not necessarily consistent from cigar to cigar, but... If I had to say, like, what would be a hallmark of that? I think you get that sort of citrusy note. And yeah. that's sort of a, that's a byproduct of the Brazilian tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cameroon has its own sort of sweet and spicy profile. And uh, Indonesian has it every so often. Whereas, like, you know, you go to Nicaragua and you get, like, an aloe sweetness because the leaves are thicker, they're sun-grown. Uh, and as you get stronger, pepperier leaves, you tend to get a... A, a, almost a syrupy sweetness with it, yeah. Because that's coming from the oils of the, of the tobacco. Mm. So yeah, I would say that on the whole, I do tend to get um, a citrus note from the Laranja on, on a fairly consistent basis. Yeah, and we didn't plan that response, by the way, Matt. No, that was that's actually true. Um, Aaron R has a question for you as we're smoking through the first third here. Sure. Um, why is Half Wheel named Half Wheel? I think this comes up every, every time you're on any show. You or Charlie or... It's the, it is the ultimate conversation show, starter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you or Charlie get on. So the, the real simple answer, um, so Half Wheel was started by Charlie Minotto and Brooks Whittington. Um, they were the two that came up with it. And they, they each had their own site. Charlie's was a cigar feed. Brooks was smoking stogie. They started having conversations in 2011 about bringing together their different skill sets um, to create a new site. And one of the things that they didn't want to do was, and when I came on board, I think the name had already been picked, but one of the things that I, none of us are really big fans of is just having like the cigar this, the stogie that, you know, ash this, uh, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So we, we started looking for names that were cigar related, but weren't, uh, weren't didn't necessarily incorporate cigar or stogie or ash. Because you can remember at the time there was, Easily 40, 50, 60 blogs in the world yeah. covering cigars. The blogs were the hot thing, and everybody's like, I'm doing a blog, just like right, we have yeah. YouTube videos now. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so somewhere along the way, they, they start throwing out names, and 
So half wheel is a term that's used in the cigar industry. And if you ever go to a factory and you'll see a rolling table and when the roller puts the wrapper on, there's a tray in front of them and they are they're putting the finished cigars into the tray. And the standard for a long time was a hundred cigars. And there'd be like a ribbon or a string or something. And once they got a hundred cigars, they would take the ends of the string, they tie it up and it would kind of round out and you'd get a wheel of cigars. Mm -hmm. And you still see that term. And then somewhere along the way, the standard changed from a hundred to 50. And that was called a half wheel. Okay. And so we, again, we like the name. Um, then we also need to make sure that we had as simple, we could get the website because you don't want to be like halfwheelcigars.com. Right. Know? And apparently the only place that half wheel shows up is in bicycling. There's some, it's a, it's a, it's a term for something, huh? It, it gets used in bicycling. It's like a flat tire. So I don't know what it is, <laughs> but that's where I, I see it elsewhere. And then we want to make sure we can get like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the other stuff. Yeah. And then if you translate half wheel into Spanish, it's Rueda Media. And we are a media company. So our company name is Rueda Media. Okay. And we run half wheel. So it, everything just kind of pieced together. And again, like I say, it's a fun conversation starter. Yeah. So that's that's how the name came about. That's why it's called half wheel. And if nothing less, people go, well, why do you call it half wheel? And then you get to tell them the story. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I think it's great. I wish I could take credit for it, but that really is Charlie and Brooks. So yeah, you really had nothing to do with it. No, I was, I was, I was the like 18th alternate from <laughs> to join the team. So, <laughs> and you felt good about that. Oh, very good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's hear now. Uh, does Patrick still smoke for fun? <laughs> when we had Charlie on the show, he said that he rarely smokes for enjoyment anymore. So yes, I make sure that I enjoy at least probably two to four cigars a week solely for personal enjoyment. And a lot of times that's when I'm up here yeah. with, uh, hanging out with our group on Sunday nights. It's a chance for me to either smoke something that I haven't smoked before that I'm not reviewing something that I've had in my humidor, uh, something that I'm just intrigued by because I mean, I hate to say I have more cigars than I know what to do with. And unfortunately that's because I'm reviewing a lot of them. So the stuff that I end up buying for my own enjoyment doesn't tend to get smoked, <laughs> but uh, no, I absolutely do. And it's, I'm not going to lie. It's a challenge because probably 90% of what I smoke is for the site, but I definitely make sure that Sunday nights, uh, like yesterday I was out with my uh, uncle and we were smoking cigars and that was something just for pure fun. Uh, so yes, I, I do make sure to, to smoke stuff that is not for the site and just for my own development. Because too, I also want to know what other people might be enjoying. You know, I want, I want to see what else is out in the market. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause you don't, you're not reviewing every single cigar that half wheel reviews, obviously Correct. at the bottom you'll see Charlie or Brooks or. Right. We, we split the load up pretty evenly. Um, and the other thing with our reviews is we all smoke three samples for a cigar for every review outside of like our reduxes and our Holy Grail stuff. So, okay. you know, it's, Smoking, like doing a review for us is not a you know, two hour venture. It is a, it's probably closer to six or seven when you figure three cigars, you know, let's call it two hours between getting set up and lighting it up and smoking it. And then you're still writing the, the you know, the background mm -hmm. and everything else and you're editing it. And then Brooks is taking the studio photos. So it, it's probably seven or eight man hours per review. Yeah. And we run five a week. Uh, we do accessory reviews on Friday, and then like say, on Mondays we do our reduxes, which is where we revisit a cigar that we smoked at least six months ago. Okay. And that's both to give the individual a bit of a break, as well as, 
Like we don't have to shoot fresh photos for that. So we just shoot one photo as opposed to three plus a stand up. It's just a way to kind of lighten the load a little bit. Yeah. Plus to be able to show what time does to a cigar. Okay. So. And is that something that maybe you guys would have bought extras of those cigars? Because most of your cigars yes. that you guys review are, they're, dare I say, 90% of them, you guys buy. Correct. So very rarely are you given or sent a cigar and reviewing that. You guys are actually right. purchasing them from somebody. Right. And so you might purchase, instead of just three, purchase five or six or a box. Correct. And then six months down the road, you're reviewing that one again. Right. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And then if it's a, if it's in those top whatever, if it scores high enough, at the end of the year, you've got more of them to smoke. Well, it's so you're buying again. As soon as we, well, it sort of depends on the format. Like if something comes in a 50-count cabinet, it's probably not practical for us to buy because there's no way we're going through 50 sure. cigars. If it's a 10-count box, deep better shot maybe. Because uh, you figure that, so not only do we smoke the three for the review, we, a lot of times we'll figure out a, the fourth one for a redux. And then if it's part of a series, we will keep another one in our collections. Okay. So when you see like the Oliva photo of all the series, v, or series Vs and all the monsters and everything, we have boxes in the office that have one of each of those cigars. Okay. And so they get pulled out and Brooks has to go out and line them up. And sometimes that's 30, 40 cigars. To, uh, to shoot that collection shot. Mm. So it's sort of like 10 count boxes do a lot better with us because then you go, well, if it's a collection and it's a review and a redux, okay, now we're already at five or six right there. So this yeah. was by 10. Right. And you know the other, and then if it, if it qualifies for top 20 or at the end of the year, top 25, um, we either have some on hand or we go out and immediately buy them right away. So that was something that we changed internally because we used to sort of push all the year end stuff to the end of the year. And what we realized was number one, it created an insane workload for everybody to try and not only keep up on your regular reviews, but then go, well, and I got 15, I got a smoke for the end of the year in the next like two weeks. That's on a great Burning idea. your palate out. Oh. <laughs> it's like IPCPR all over again. Well, and it's winter and it's everything else. Yeah. And it's like, I went to, a, you know, like when shadows was still around, like there's a lot of nights I camped out of shadows. I'm just, okay, here we're going. Like, we're in for the long haul in this one. Uh, but then secondarily, uh, the, we wanted, so the way it works is that like, let's say I smoke a cigar and I give it a 91 and that qualifies for end of the year. Okay. Then the other three reviewers, which is Charlie and Brooks and then Brian Burt, who no longer writes for us, but is still one of our end of the year, um, reviewers, they will each get one of those cigars as soon as possible afterwards, because what you're realizing is like, so let's say that I review a cigar in February and then you don't get around to smoking it until November. Right. Well, that's not the same cigar anymore. No. The cigar's been out for nine months. Yeah. So it was to try and match it up, so both to re reduce workload and give the other people who have to smoke it as close of an opportunity as possible to what the person who originally reviewed it got. Yeah. So it's a lot more efficient process, and it's, like I say, my, my Decembers are a lot less hectic now yeah. <laughs> since we changed that policy. Well, it's, it's interesting to see because there's so much more that goes behind it. It's not just some guy smoking one cigar and saying this is – everything is based on that one cigar. There, there's multiple people, and there's a checks and balances system behind even that. Even right. if it's just you smoking the three for the review, yep. there's there's a, a, a tally that goes together and a whole equation that's designed just for you right. as a reviewer to come up with a fair and honest score for that cigar. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, there's times, you know – I would love to say that we could come up with a perfect way to do all this. And unfortunately with the realities of workload and running a business and everything, it's just tough to do it. 
ideally, you know, like I could give a cigar in 89 and it doesn't then qualify for the end of the year. But mm. the other three guys could have thought like, wow, how did he, how did that one miss? And similarly, you know, we see it on the other side too, which is that somebody gives a cigar a really good score and then everyone else doesn't think it's so great for whatever reason. And I mean, I remember I had one year where I gave two cigars, both a 94 on the regular review. One ended up winning our cigar of the year. The other finished dead last. And that's just the quirks of the business. And again, I wish there was a way to, to make everything perfect, meaning that like everyone smoked all the same cigars, but then you're talking, I mean, now you're hundreds of cigars. Yeah, there's just no I mean, way to do it. It's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's just too much. Uh, Matt Hashimoto comes on and says, I think Half Wheel needs to hire me so I can give another perspective on the Laranja. Uh, no um, a, no uh, Asian orange uh, uh, button for Patrick. Charlie at halfwheel.com. He will gladly take your resume. <laughs> I love what, dude, there's those days that, <laughs> there's been those days that I'm like, what in the hell? Like, I remember one time I messaged you, I was like, what the hell is this? What did you guys write here? And you're just like, your response is just Charlie at halfwheel.com. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this. Get this off my back. Just go straight to Charlie. I got enough problems to deal with. I ain't explaining it for anybody else. I was like, but I know you. I might know I, Charlie I, too. But. And, that's, and that's one of the things that we do like. Is that like None of us will answer for the other person. Yeah. So like if I'm smoking a cigar and it doesn't get a great score and the manufacturer emails Charlie about it, Charlie replies, you need to email Patrick. Yeah. I do not speak for him. He does not speak for me. Uh, we have policies that we will speak towards. That we're all in agreement on. But sure. We, I will never, I will never try and uh, apologize or explain out the experience of one of my colleagues. Right. They're grownups. We're adults. We all have enough to worry about. Other than because then it's like, well, you know, Charlie gave it a blank. Well, I talked to Patrick and he thought it's way better. So you know, like yeah, you don't need that no, division in your no, own no, no, no. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just. I was cracking up because you. I think it was the first text you saw that morning when you woke up to. You're like, "This is just what I needed to wake up to." And you had gotten. I think it was like a busy news day and all that stuff. You were all pissy with me, and it was great. Just Everyone go to him. <laughs> I love it, dude. Uh, Michael Wells jumped on. What's up, dude? Joseph, what's going on? Sorry if I missed your name, guys. I really do apologize. Tony Herrera's on here. Joe, what's going on? All you guys are jumping on. Tony says he loves the shirt. Um, I think he's talking about. No, he's talking about. That's mine. a T-shirt, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about mine. But we went to the camp together, so oh, uh, he knows what this camp is. There this, you go. This camp I go to in California, the yeah. the uh, band of brothers. So, yeah. Thomas Smart, what's up, dude? Jumping on here, um, and happy birthday to Thomas. Thomas Smart, it's his birthday. He's happy like, birthday. He's like eighteen or something now. Just kidding. He's he's older than that. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Happy birthday to you, brother. Uh, let's see. We had a couple other ones. Are we at that? Are you in a spot that you want to get to another part on the review of what you guys do? Uh, up, to you cigar yet? up to you. I mean, you yeah. still got a little bit to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not, you know, I'm a little surprised I'm not getting the citrus note. I'm not trying to be goofing on Matt or anybody. About <laughs> it. Like this is a little more, uh, it's a little more robust. It's a little more toasty. Um, it's a, it's a little bit drier profile than I remember. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if these came off your dashboard, maybe, but I think they were in my 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 glove box. Those are my yeah. samples that I give. When you know, I do like a buy three get one free event, like there hold on, go. let me go to my glove box at 118 degrees and give you this. Uh, and usually it just comes out as ash with a cigar band on it. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's not Photoshop when people do those photos like that. By the way, no, that, it's, that it came is from my glove box <laughs> in the middle of summer. Actual ash. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, it's definitely. It's, I love the draw on it. It's it's performing very nicely. 
Yeah. I mean, it's probably down to about what eight percent humidity. So. Yeah. <laughs> that that was in my travel humidor, so I did pull yeah. that out of my travel case, which gets open and closed. Oh, so gotcha. it's probably a little bit drier than. Oh, that's hard. But I actually like the way the smoke dried. Yeah. You know, there's that fine balance between dry where it's going to crack, right? And, which is the other one that I cut because it's too dry. That's yeah. And uh, dry when it's going to smoke really, really well. So. I will say I do like this one through the nose too, and I, I don't know if people are retrohaling. Like I don't. I, so explain that real quick. So retrohaling is sort of a way of forcing a puff to go back out your nose, and I don't really have like I've never been able to sort of explain it other than just. It's kind of like you're swallowing, but then you stop and you kind of reroute it back up. Yeah. And the thing is that our our perception of taste is like 80% smell. Right. So if you don't believe me, have something flavorful, like a, you know, a, a whiskey or a bourbon or something that has some distinct flavor, and hold your nose and take a sip. It will taste completely different. And I think a lot of times cigars maybe get sold short because people aren't retrohaling and you're not getting that more intense mm-hmm. aroma combining with the flavor. Right. And I, I get, it. it's not for everybody, but I think once you learn to do it and you sort of get the, the ability to, to combine those two, it results in generally a lot more enjoyable cigar experience. Yeah. And I, and I don't recommend if, if you don't normally retrohale or if you haven't yet, um, I highly recommend getting used to it. Um, I will tell you this, don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> for the first time that's when i, I remember i think personal I talked, story the personal story yeah I, I remember i had talked to you about retro alien and a couple other people i think brandon puckett too and mm-hmm. you know which was like the end-all be-all expert of cigars of a friend of ours yep. uh but he talked to me about retro hailing and i was driving down the freeway one time i said you know i'll get this retro hail thing a whack right and i just shot just dragon fire out my nose and it was the wrong cigar to be retro hailing for the first time yeah and it burned like absolute hell and i almost had to pull over <laughs> Because I was just teared up, and it yeah. was, uh, but it does burn the first few times. It's yeah, listen, it's kind of like drinking a, a whiskey or a scotch. The first few times, the first time I ever drank a scotch, I was like, "Why do people even like this crap?" Yeah, and then you start to experience and understand the nuances in it, right? And start to say, "Ah, I get it." Yeah, but that first few times you retrohale, oh, it yeah. is a son of a bitch. Yeah, you grab like a petite, a chiselito or something like that, <laughs> blow that. Woo. We get a Jaime Garcia and just yeah, shoot that thing right out your nose, man. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, but I, I highly recommend actually, if you're sitting around and you're you're at home, it it will burn the first time, the first few times you do it, it's gonna burn. I mean, you're shooting yeah. hot smoke through your nose, and your your olfactory nerves are sensitive. I yeah, and there's no denying that. But it's called olfactory nerves. That's what your that's what your sense of smell. Is that are. what they're called? I had no idea. Your olfactories. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. I thought you were making that up. Nope. Hmm. That was a Patrickism. You you have quite the. Uh, I need another. We, yeah, we're, we got a little more to go in that bottle before before the Patrickisms <laughs> start, start coming out. Yeah. Uh, Eric V's on here and says, "Have you ever considered have, having someone make a half wheel brand cigar? You know, like Dojo does." Sure. Oh, uh, there's a word in there considered that I'm. I know we've talked about it, but okay. we've never gone as far as to do it. And I'll say a few things. I think number one. It's potentially a conflict of interest. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, it's it's work that we're just we're not in the, we're not a retailer, so it's not something that we're in the business of doing. So mm-hmm. then you say, okay, well, what do you do with it? Uh, number three, I, I mean, I think it would be cool, and I would I would be lying if I ever 
if I tried to say that, like, I never talked to Charlie, and this has been years now, but the same thing, like, well, Dojo's got their own cigar. We should get our own. And it's like, eh. I can see Charlie. F Dojo. We're not Dojo. <laughs> yeah, or just no. Yeah. Just, just a no. Just a solid move, no. Bring it up in the meeting. No, moving on. I, I can see the conflict thing, though, because anytime a review comes out from CA or, you know, especially at this time of the year with all the number ones, sure. top 25 lists, you know, you get to hear it all day long of how wrong, <laughs> of how wrong you how are. Wrong. I hear it all year long. Yeah. How wrong I am. Yeah, so. You guys are absolutely wrong. And so is every other reviewer. And that the guy, the keyboard commando that smokes quorums for, you know, uh, that chokes them down and smokes them halfway, puts it in a Ziploc bag, takes it home three days later to smoke it again. Right. Uh, that's the guy that I really want to get, you know, the impression of what a phenomenal cigar is. Yeah. And that's usually the one that's hacking you guys and going, there's no way in hell that this is a number one. Yeah. And we'll talk. I mean, look, you're going to. I can talk trash. You can't. Because well, you're going to get me fired up here. And I know it because I know we've talked about this before. So I know it. I know that the fuse is about to be lit, but we'll talk about ratings. La Bomba. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about ratings at some point. But yeah, yeah I mean, I again considered we've we've bandered we've bandied the idea, but it's never gone anywhere. Yeah. Well, everybody says, I mean, oh, they they bought their position. That that's like the number one thing I hear. That cigar should not be one. There's no way in hell it's number one. It must be nice to buy your position, or you know, they bought number one, they paid for it. So I can see where, and my point in this is, is that I can see where having somebody making a half wheel cigar, if that's made by oh. Davidoff or Fuente or something like that, uh, then you guys put one of those as number one. They're gonna say, of course they put it number one because they're making their cigar for them. And, and look, and, we, and we've been accused of that because with Drew Estate, with Davidoff, yeah. anybody that advertises with us. Right. And what I will tell you is, go to halfwheel.com, click on review list, and look at the scores of whatever company you think we're. You know, we're uh, favoriting. Yeah. You know, see, now I'm going to come up with a Patrick. Favoring. Favoritizing. Favoritizing. Favoring. <laughs> and it's like, no. Cigars have gotten 70s and 60s and low 80s and don't smoke this and this is not worth it. And every one of us has cost us an advertiser at some point in our, sure. in our career. So yeah, the idea that we're... Like, the idea that, that that's even in play is... is I think so far fetched, and and we have this to, to, with each other. Is if you don't think you can review a cigar objectively, speak up, and we will give it to somebody else. Yeah, and I've done that, and I've for various reasons. Um, it's no big deal. Just say, look, I don't think that I can objectively review this. Mm. So, Charlie, you're taking that one, and I'll take something else, or I'll you know whatever. Because that's going to be really hard to do is to set everything. I mean, I can tell you right now that if, and I have no problem saying it on here, if David Blanco were to give me a cigar and I was, if I was part of the half of team, then here comes a a Blanco cigar. I would just say, have somebody else review it because it's an automatic like two. Sure. Absolutely. Just because I I don't like him. Yeah. Um, If you can't, it's like, you know, it's like in the legal system. If you can't recuse yourself, then you probably shouldn't be doing your job. Right. So. Um, Mike G asks, and, and guys, I love all the questions. Keep them up, keep them coming, and I hope you guys are learning something here. Um, but keep keep flowing with the questions. Mike G says, "Do most of the Redux scores increase? What do you think uh, changes the score over time?" So the first part of it, I don't have a great answer for you, and I wish this is where Charlie was either on and texting me, or um, I had the data. I think, I think there's a there's a there's a mix of both. I think they. I think there's a, there's a fair number that go up. There's a fair that number probably that stay within a point or two of each other. And sometimes that's the variance of one cigar to another. Um, and then there's a few that go down. And it's 
I mean, what changes the score? Well, number one, you can just get a you can get a terrible sample, and that is an anomaly, but it it does happen. Sure. I th- you know cigars change with time, and some are designed to get better, and they have more of a flavor profile. I think the ones that I see that get better tend to be because the flavor smooths out. It may be not saying it was young, but it was a little too youthful okay. when it was released. Um, and then ones that, and, and that usually tends to improve things. So the cigar becomes just more palatable and more enjoyable. When they go down, it's that they may lose vibrance. Mm. They may lose um, whatever it was that made them distinct. And there's times where you can actually have both those things happen in a cigar. Where you say, man, like the, the obnoxious pepper that was in the cigar when I smoked it a year ago isn't there anymore. And it's, it's tempered itself out. So it's, it's a more enjoyable cigar, but then it seems like that sweetness has also kind of gone away. Like, mm. You know, creaminess tend, I think tends to fade away a fair amount. Uh, and so it, it can be both of those things. And sometimes that, you know, you may smoke a cigar a year later and it's, it gets the same score. It gets close to the same score, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. And that's always a hard one to explain sometimes. Um, but again, like I said, when they, I think when they go up, it's because the the tobaccos and the flavors have had a chance to both mellow and kind of come together, much like much like a stew would do. You know, um, it's in Cuba. There's well, and in a lot of countries, there's a thing called uh, what they call sleeping beans. So you make like you know a, a dish of beans. And I remember Anthony Bourdain was when he did his first show in Havana. He was talking with the a fellow who was at lunch with. He was explaining sleeping because you make them on Monday, you eat them on Tuesday, but they're even better on Wednesday. Okay. Because they've had a chance to sit and absorb all the sugars and everything, and, and the they've softened a little bit, and that's the same thing with tobacco. Okay. It just has a chance to evolve and, you know, hit a certain sweet spot. And then, of course, you get to points where you get cigars that are, to use a wine term, skeletal, which means it has nothing left. It's all the meat on the bones is gone. Mm. And yet, like, I've mm. smoked cigars from the 1920s that have been hmm. maybe not you know super vibrant phenomenal they certainly had tons of great flavor yeah and then before half wheel launched i remember brooks reviewed a cigar called lords of england which is a pre-embargo cuban and he was from the 50s and he had this line that i still laugh about to this day i'm surprised nobody brings it up because this cigar reminds me of licking an old lady <laughs> I have not seen that one. From yeah, me. it's it's worth going and look looking up. up. Yeah. He talks about having like notes of oil of Olay or something. And like you thought, fatty tuna was was <laughs> fatty tuna is the one that I always go to with you guys. Yeah, the the Brook, look up Brooks's review of, of Lords of England, the old one. Not uh, I don't know if you ever reviewed the one that uh, DeCrossier and Pure Aroma put out, but the old one. That line about looking at old lady, I still <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> now the other part of the half wheel that I enjoy is that you guys you guys will have to. Uh, uh, double check each other's work. Mm-hmm. So if Charlie writes, you would never know it some days by looking at the site. But yeah. yes, we do. <laughs> right. Hire an editor. Yeah, well, we're not going to go down that road. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I know yes. this. So Charlie might write a review, and you'll read that. Right. Then one came up recently that you and I talked about was hilarious because oh. <laughs> he had written that it had notes of camel milk. Camel milk. Yeah. Camel, camel milk tea. Camel milk tea. Camel milk tea. Yeah, and it was supposed to be chamomile. Yeah, and I was. Uh, you actually I, looked it up. I, I well, yeah. I remember. I remember how this. I was in bed. Like I think it was just it had shown up on our on our project notifications, and so I'm you know kind of just easing into the day, and I'm reading the review, and I was like, 
notes of camel milk tea. Huh. Google. And it's actually a thing. Like, yeah. You can use camel milk. And I thought, no. Okay, this is interesting. So I emailed him and said, like, did you mean this? And if so, then you need to explain it because I don't know how many people drink camel milk. Right. Who, who knows what camel milk tea tastes like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... But in the end, it was, it was supposed to be chamomile. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, we, we try and iron out as many of those as we can. So and that's why we double check and Joe's work. At least as best we can. So <laughs> that was cracking me up when that came up. Um, all right. So you're, there's a couple things that I want to get to right mm -hmm. now. Cause you're, you're about at that point that you would probably be sitting down, maybe a little bit beyond it, that you'd be writing your notes on your first third, right? Well, I write them as I go. Okay. So I, um, it's funny, so like I think Charlie and Brooks tend to do more like bullet points when they write. I think Brooks may actually still write in a notebook and then or one of them does it and then transcribe it into an article. I write in a word processor because okay. my mom's a I mean you know, on my laptop in a in our we have a, a piece of software called Mars Edit, which is a editor for blogs basically. And I tend to write in that regard just because it's easier for me to put sort of complete thoughts together and then sort of, you know, either adjust them or massage them a little bit as I go. Um, but yeah, no, I am, I'm literally writing with a laptop. I'm smoking with a laptop in my lap pretty much from the minute I pick up the cigar. Yeah. Other than to put it down to take photos. Okay. Nice. Uh, so let's hear Eric Vito. So is there anything you want to say about this cigar? So if, we're, if you're going through the re review process, you've got a handful of notes. You're, you're yeah. probably done with the first third yep. part of the article by now. Yeah. Depending on which number this is. I mean, it's, it's, it has a little more distinct pepper than I remember okay. from it. I remember the orange being peppery, but not like Nicaraguan peppery. This seems to have a little, it, at least the pepper is standing out a little bit more and maybe I'm just kind of retrohaling a lot more. Um, Again, I'm still I'm waiting for that sweetness to come in, or that that kind of citrusy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's you know it manifests sometimes as like, uh, for lack of a better word, like Americanized Chinese food. Mm. You know that kind of orangey citrus glaze. Yeah. Uh, or that or that burnt orange peel note. I'm just I'm not finding it yet, but yeah. it happens with cigars from time to time. Well, and especially with it being a little bit drier than what we normally would smoke it. Sure. It's it's going to be a lot more hidden in there. Which I would, you know, your palate's phenomenal. I've sat down. <laughs> well, I've sat down with you, and we've gone through where we did the Ashton. Cabinet. Oh right, right. It was a cabinet we did, right? The well, it was the... it was a taste of Ashton event, and what they used to do is you could and sign. You up. and I did it separately. You, we, we sat at Fox, and I said, "Help me understand how." Oh, you're doing. okay. Remember we sat there. With oh, the, okay, right, right. The right. natural and the Maduro. Together. Right, 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 right. So you're double fisting cigars, but we went through the process. Yeah. It was really cool because you picked up a lot of stuff and were, were able to help explain what these things were that I was, because I'm like cereal. Right. right. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, a lot of people, the challenge I think we have is, you know, good journalists, and I, I'm, I just say this as a generality, good journalists try to be translators. And you take something that's complex or unfamiliar and you try and make it simple, understandable, and in theory, actionable. Sure. And, that's a challenge when you're describing flavors because number one, I may taste something like I remember, I don't remember what the cigar was, um, but I remember one of them had this note that reminded me of my grandmother's spaghetti sauce. It was that meaty kind of red wine, fruit, you know, dark fruit kind of note. And like, and you've probably never tasted my grandmother's spaghetti sauce. You no. know what that is. So I, I have to temper that sentiment. And similarly, there was a, uh, still is a restaurant in Seattle called Salumi. 
that does salami and sausages and stuff. And they had this one that's got orange zest in it. I was like, oh my God, this puff tastes just like what I remember that tasting like. If you can't write that in a review. It, you, right. You can't say it tastes like the blankety blank from Salumi in Seattle. Right. You know, so you try and, I try and step it back a little bit and maybe not be so, for lack of a better word, esoteric. Okay. Um, one thing I would highly recommend to anybody if you really want to get into this a little bit more and, and, and identify flavors is go on Google and just search flavor wheel. And you will see a breakdown of sort of the core flavors mm -hmm. from, you know, sweet to spicy to peppery to savory to earthy to acidic to whatever it is. And then pay attention to what you eat and consume throughout the day and the life. Because a lot of times, unfortunately, we don't pay attention to what we eat. Yeah, we're just choking down food to get onto the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, be able to draw parallels between this, the experience of wine or spirits or cigar into those base things. And I always try and encourage people stay, you know, when you, whenever you eat, and this is both for health and just for general, general well-being, stick as close as you can to source material, like, you know, eat raw fruits, eat, you know, eat raw vegetables, you know, try and stay away from the processed stuff that tends to strip flavor out. This tastes like the McRib. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 20 years ago, you would have me buying those by the box. <laughs> no lie. No lie. Uh, you know, and again, I just, we talk about, I remember I do, this, I do this with a lot of people, say so like, okay, name me 15 things that are sweet. You say, well, an apple. Okay. Uh, candy, chocolate, cream, you know, cream, uh, a banana, an orange, grapes, you know, some days, uh, you know, my personality. Um, and what you say is like, and all those things fit under the header of sweet, but you're never going to confuse milk chocolate with a, you know, a red delicious apple. They're two very distinct flavors. And even if you go to the grocery store, there's anywhere from six to 14 apples on the shelf at a time. Yeah. And they all taste different. Right. But they're all sweet to some varying extent and tart and some other things. Uh, but I would definitely, even just like, you know, go online and look at a flavor wheel. And I think you'll, you may be able to start identifying some of those things a little bit better and be able to put a name to it and go, oh, okay, this is why I like that. And then, you know, it, it sort of matches up with what you tend to eat. Some people like really spicy food. Some people think club soda is spicy. Yeah. You know, um, some people like, you know, savory foods or, you know, and some people have a real sweet tooth. And I think you tend to see that sort of carry over into what you like from a cigar. Yeah. I think so. I think another inter interesting thing to do would also be to, if you're smoking a cigar, maybe look it up on Half Wheel, see what the flavor notes are that, that you guys got from it. Sure. And if you see something like almonds or blue cheese or some of right. those lines, pick up raisins, yep. pick up some of that stuff, go out, run out to the store before you smoke that cigar, grab some raw almonds, grab some raisins, grab some of that stuff yep. and, and try those as you're smoking the cigar and see if you can bring the flavors out yep. and recognize those same flavors that you're recognizing. Yep. Not saying copy you guys, but certainly as you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to learn anything, right? you want to go to the people that have more knowledge to learn that from right or just have that that more refined palate and even you know depending on what your what your pantry looks like go to your spice rack yeah you know see what nutmeg tastes like see what cinnamon tastes like see what black pepper versus white, white pepper, pepper and yeah. versus chili pepper versus you know like you know if you order a pizza and they give you little packs of red pepper flakes try some of those on their own right um i think that really tends to to create imprints in your mind and and you know, cigars are just cigars are mirrors to what you're tasting 
elsewhere. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and that's how we make sense of things. So, Mike G says that his store doesn't have camel milk. And you so. need to shop at a better store, Mike G. Yeah, you might want to. No reputable store. store does not carry camel milk. And it's camel milk tea, by the way. Correct. It can't just be camel milk. It's got to be in a tea form. Correct. So. Um, all right, where were we at here? I actually like Mike's previous comment about Greek sausage having orange peel. Yeah. I'm going to look at I hope I'm saying that right. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I, it was crazy. If you're ever in Seattle, go to Salumi. Mario Batali, who's a famous I mean, restaurateur and chef, Food Network celebrity, his dad was an engineer at Boeing, and then he retired, and he opened this little salami shop. There's like lines 30, 40 deep out the store every day, and they're only open for lunch on weekdays. It is like That's it's, it's one of the best restaurants I've ever go to when I'm in Seattle. It's, it's it's like I've been there a million times, but it's still one of the first places I go when I'm there. You and I have to go up to Seattle sometime and go I to know, that place. I look forward to it. Yeah, we'll need it. we'll have to do that sometime. Cow tongue us. sandwiches. Oh. That actually sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very language. Um so back to the uh back to the to the cigar. Have you guys considered having a cigar made for half wheel? If you guys were to consider that oh boy. Who do you think would uh would you would you have make it? And well, if you can't answer that, then don't answer. Yeah, that. no, I mean they say Hoyo de Nicaragua because that popped up on your guys' list nine hundred and seventy-two times in the top twenty-five this year. This is very true. Yeah. I would, I would say Hoyo would probably be in consideration for it. I think given our palates, Davidoff would be in there. Uh, who else should I put in there? See, it's tough because it. It's funny because then you start thinking about like, like I tend to have a palate that gravitates more towards earthiness, mm. and like I love Mexican San Andreas tobacco, mm. whereas I don't think Charlie and Brooks do as much. And I'm, it, I think it'd be interesting to get the three of us to try and figure out what even that profile would be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I certainly look if I had access to whatever tobacco Hoy is using for Numero Uno right now, and you know Cinco de Cadiz and Cuatro Cinco, I I wouldn't. I'd have a little bit of fun playing around and right. trying to get to that point. So, and I think it's interesting because you and I were talking about Hoyo the other day and that Numero Uno specifically, mm -hmm. and it, that thing just did not hit me at all. Yeah, yeah. It, it was all the rage, and I said, okay, fine, I'll buy one, I'll try it, and it just did not hit me, and you love it. Well, when you say it didn't hit you, what does that mean? It just it was not enjoyable. It, it didn't hit my palate. I found it to be mm -hmm. largely flavorless. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, but again, like that's everybody's palate's different. Absolutely. And what I thought about it was, it was, it was so unhoya like. It was so nuanced and, and subtle and creamy and just everything that you sort of don't think of as hoya. Yeah. And that's what really won it for me is I love, I love cigars that don't necessarily try and be strength bombs, but try and just layer, you know, layer flavors on top of one another and. Uh, I remember I I I thought about this. I didn't write it in a review, but it was. Some cigar I smoked that was, you know, it, it's like watching a great relay team in that how smooth that baton hands off, hand off is. Yeah. It's like the cigar did these different things, and they, I never noticed when it was happening. Hmm. It was just so smooth. It just went from one to the other, and yeah. Hmm. So Interesting. Yeah. Now, I was going to ask you something, too, because I noticed something else. Is we're, both, we're both smoking the cigar at about the same pace. Mm -hmm. I noticed that you were holding the ash longer. I, I tend to knock the ash off. I, I don't like it falling on my desk or my lap. Sure. And I'm also smoking in the car a lot. Sure. So because I, I travel so much. Right. So I, I don't want that falling in my lap as I'm flying down Neither the freeway at 80 miles an hour. Yeah. It is. And as I've told you, and you still have not done, you need to get a cover for your, for your keyboard. I know. I need to get a keyboard condom. I understand it. 
because it is the best ten dollars you can spend to protect your MacBook. We were supposed to do that the, the other day, yeah. and we we'll, never did. All right, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Somebody send me a message, remind me about the keyboard condom. But no, I I I don't try and you know do like the whole longest ash thing. Yeah, I just I don't like getting stuff on my lap or my computer. Um, I I try and like to see where the cigar is telling me it needs to be ashed. Okay, and some people say there's maybe a little cooling component that comes leaving the ash on maybe yeah i I would think it would trap the heat more could i don't know yeah i don't think it works like a radiator yeah i don't know yeah but interesting yeah i was just noticing that and i was wondering why why you're keeping that long and you can definitely start to tell if you're paying attention to your cigar you can definitely start to tell when that ash is getting ready to break off yep Um, especially if you smoked enough of them you can okay that thing's gonna go Mm mm-hmm I, I never understood the long ash thing. I just, you know, I get down to about, you know, quarter inch or half an inch of ash. And it's like, yeah, that thing's got to go. I think whenever you can make a game or a competition of something, people are inclined to do it. And I don't want to go. I've seen one longest ash contest go horribly awry because they used a much stronger cigar. <laughs> and Drew City. Ever. No. No. Well, that wasn't that one? No, this was a, this was, well, we've written about it. Yeah. This is a pro cigar a couple years ago. And, uh, they used, oh boy, Lenox seconds from LFD. Oh, or maybe they weren't seconds. Maybe they're just Lenox, and that's a strong, beefy cigar. Yeah. And uh, the the problem with it was it's a big cigar, and I think they had a time limit on the contest. And so we're in this ballroom in the Hotel Grand Almirante in Santiago in the Dominican Republic, and so Charlie and I are just taking photos of it, uh, and kind of wandering around the room and just you know. It was, it was what the event was. And so there's all these people who are, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. And of course, yeah, what so happens when it happens to one person? It, the dominoes go. Yeah. And so I'm not kidding you. There was a guy who ended up winning. And the, I feel bad. These, these, these poor waiters are like bringing trash cans in and everything and water. But there's this one guy, and I forget his name. Forgive me if you know this person. <laughs> he has got a full-on ash going. He's laying on the couch, turning purple, and it's—I'm not kidding. He's like barfing in between puffs. <laughs> but he's not giving. But up. he won, and he when you want a free registration in the next year's pro cigar. So good on him, you know. <laughs> good on you, man. <laughs> yeah, because I think you—you you really to get a, a stack of dimes like that. One, the tobacco has to be packed right. Oh, completely. But number two, I think if you smoke it a little bit faster, it, it seems to hold that. Yeah, I've never better. figured. I've never figured out the the, the equation behind it because the other one that gets me is the uh, is the slow smoking contest. Have you seen these? No. It's done. The the finals are in. I forget the name. It's like Split Croatia. They have finals for this. Okay. Yeah, and so um, Rocky Patel made the World Cigar Smoking Championship cigar. Okay. And he was got involved in it, and it's this whole thing of you light your cigar, and it's who can keep their cigar burning the longest without relighting it. Interesting. It's Yeah, and I'm, I've never quite understood it, except people take it real seriously. Yeah. So, again, I think when you can gamify and make a contest out of anything, some people try and do it. You know? yeah, why not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a great question. Michael Torres, how do you base your cigar scores? So, ours are, it's... Oh, where do you start? Okay, so it's we're, we all use the same Excel spreadsheet. It's we divide a cigar up into thirds, um, and then 
there's points, there's like a zero to 20 scale for flavor. There's a one to 12 or 12 scale for balance. There's basically one of three options for construction, which is it was fine. Uh, it wasn't fine. And then like it flat out went, it, it was went, terrible. It was, yeah, it went out. <laughs> uh, there's one for draw. There's, a, there's basically a yes, no, would you buy it? Which is like, can you put your name on the SAT kind of thing? And you get a point for that. And then uh, those will not total up to whatever the final score is. So each of us have our own multiplier. Okay. So I can only give a cigar two scores, zero and 100. Hmm. I can sort of ballpark where a score is going to end up, but I can never tell you what the exact number is going to be. Because what ends up happening is so, like I so said, we'll smoke you know, three cigars for a review, and then Charlie Brooks and Brian will smoke it. And then Charlie has developed a, f- a formula that effectively shows like, okay, so what is the average of the four of us smoking cigars? And really it's Charlie Brooks and I now. Um, and we sort of figure out like how, mu- how much do we deviate from the average? So that in theory, the score that an individual gives should be fairly close to what the re- to what any of us would give. Okay. Um, we used to just go, okay, notes, 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 90. And the problem is, like, it's really tough to do when you don't have some sort of objective metric. Mm. And so, like I say, it's um, three samples, divide up into thirds, flavor, draw, burn, balance, would you buy it? And then that gives you a number, that number gets multiplied, and then that's what gives you the final score. Interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I can only give it, I can only knowingly give a cigar two scores. Okay. Yeah, because I know you've been sitting here, especially as of recently. Hey, right. what are you smoking? What do you think that'll rate? I have no idea. Right. You know, I think it'll be in this range. Yeah, I mean, you can, I have no idea. You can tell when a cigar is going to be not good or when it's going to be really good. Sure. You know, and then it's, and sometimes like you may grow, you may you may smoke the first one and you go, oh, this could be really good, and then whatever reason, like the second one has like has burn issues. You go, oh, there's not really a way for a cigar to get to gain back points from combustion issues. Oh. Uh, you know, and there's, you know, you can only sort of, it's not even massaging because I don't, I don't like that word, but it's, you know, you can, you can only sort of get a, a cigar into a certain range, but you never really know what it's going to be because my multiplier is also going to change. So as I smoke some of the stuff that they rated highly, now what, what may have gotten a 91 a month ago, my multiplier is different. So now maybe it only gets a 90. Right. Or whatever. So uh, that's, you know, it, it's a combination, like say, a flavor, balance, construction, draw, a little bit of visual appearance, and that's how that's how the scores come together. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Before I get to the next question, I'm going to take a little break, let you get a couple puffs in and a drink. If you guys have not yet done so, please subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, like the channel, ring the bell because it does something. Not quite sure yet what it is. If you're following us on Facebook, watching this right now, jump over to YouTube, jump on and subscribe as well. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go ahead and do so. It is not a must-do, but we appreciate it. It helps to support the show and keep us on the air, keep us doing what we do. So we really appreciate that. We also do have the Green Room Experience that uh, allows you to jump on after a show, which is kind of cool, yep. and uh, be able to be direct with the guest. Uh, that we have on the show and be able to ask your own private questions and have a private uh, conversation with that guest on after the show. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's something that I don't think anybody's really doing. 
So we, we implemented that this year. That's awesome. And I that goes it. to all of our Patreon members, no matter what level that you're at. Uh, nice. we, don't, we don't give that to a specific level. And then also, if you have not yet done so, please follow us at all the socials right here. Yeah, that's how it goes. you got to go opposite of what you think on the screen there. Right here, Twitter, right. Facebook, Instagram, over there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right right over here somewhere. Um, don't poke my nipple. Never. Yeah. Um, and uh, make sure camera. you're giving us a follow there. Not on camera. That's for sure. We ain't making that much money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, yeah. man. Um, right, so, path that proves up. Yeah. Let's jump into another one. Another cigar review. JT jumps on here and says, which lounge would you which lounge would you consider to be your main lounge? Oh boy. Now that's a difficult one because obviously you're here in Arizona. Right. But you've also traveled the country and there's some lounges that you really do like to visit. And you you've told me you have to go visit this yeah. lounge. Um, I will say when I can when I can get to one, I love I love what Davidoff's done with theirs. Mm. It's it's just a it's a nice, chill, relaxing, very I mean it's very Davidoff-ish, you know, which you would sort of expect. And I remember a couple years ago, so because I my winters are a little quieter because of work, I was traveling a little bit more. And uh, so I went to I found some cheap tickets and went to Atlanta like two weekends in a row and uh, ended up at the Davidoff of Atlanta store and watched the Super Bowl there when the Falcons were playing. So whatever you can do the math, whatever year that was. And I just, I really like that lounge. You know, my big thing is like, I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, it's not bad to have a TV when there's something on, but I'm not the kind of guy that likes lounges with 40 TVs going all yeah. at once. It's just, that's just not my particular thing. We have one one TV in the lounge here. And right. it's primarily plays music. music yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as, I mean, so I, I do like them. Uh, it really sort of depends on gosh, from where I am, you know, and I grew up in Seattle where you can't smoke in stores. So mm -hmm. you were going to, uh, you had to go to native American reservations. And so like BJ's bingo, there's a place called smoke, uh, smoky Joe's. And I, I used to really like, although they had a lot more TVs, but it was a nice place. Um, lit cigar lounge out in uh, east of Seattle. It's Snoqualmie casino was always a place I like to hang out. Um, I mean, down here, we're so fortunate. I feel like if I'm, I feel like I could mention everybody because the other thing, too, is like, it's nice to have options to say, like, yeah, sometimes I want to go to a place where I know that the game's going to be on, you know, or and or sometimes I want to go somewhere that's quiet and uh, I can have a conversation because I, I want to have a, you know, a dialogue with somebody. Um, I'm trying to go where else. It's really based on your mood. It really is. And sometimes it's it's nice that we go to Fox and you know, okay, I want to have a drink. Uh, right. I don't mind the noise. I want some more energy, some all that kind of stuff. Right. And then there's times you want to chill and you know, uh, having access to Vartan's Lounge and Ambassadors. Right. You can go sit in the the Tatum location, go sit in the in the private lounge back there, the members only. Yep. And just have a nice quiet conversation. Yep. Um, an adult conversation. Yep. And sometimes you just want to be a kid, and you know, right. so you're going to go to something like Embargo, and you're you know you're going to sure. be dick and fart jokes the whole time, <laughs> sure. and you're just going to have a good time. Yeah, and it's uh, like I say, you know, and then I'm I'm probably not the best judge of like my main lounges, and I say this only because it's really tough for me to work on reviews when I'm in a lounge because then you're getting aromas and you're from other people's cigars, and I tend to just sort of when I do my reviews, I tend to smoke by myself somewhere. If I can, yeah. uh, but I will say Big B Cigar Lounge is one of my favorites. Cigar Mechanic, the Cigar Mechanic, cigar mechanic highly lounge. recommended. Five stars on Yelp. <laughs> it's not going on Yelp. It's a private lounge. It doesn't exist. Right there, yeah. <laughs> members only. Members Membership only. is free, but members only. That's how you told me. 
Well, I mean, for most people, oh, okay. yeah, you 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 have a business, and so therefore you're rich. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because all business owners are rich. All business owners are rich. have just nothing but free time, just printing money. Yeah, printing money. Are you getting the citrus notes out of that yet? No, I'm not. I'm I'm kind of disappointed. No. I, re I really wanted to live up to it. Here, you want to uh, hold on? No switch. Oh. You want to try mine? No, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Share a little COVID. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Mike G with another question. Guys, if you have any more questions, we've got a few more minutes here on, on the live with Patrick. If you guys have any other questions, please shoot them there in the comments. Uh, bleep, bleep them down below. Uh, we appreciate all the, the questions and comments that you guys have. We're trying to throw them all up there. Mike G asks, I found out that my grandfather used to grow tobacco in Greece for a living. Have you ever heard of Greek tobacco? I don't believe that I have. Um, I've heard of German tobacco. I've heard of French tobacco. I've heard of, I know there's somebody who was in Ohio who was trying to grow tobacco for cigars. Hmm. I love uh, what Jeff Borschwitz is doing with Florida Sungrown. I think, A, it's an, it's incredible to see tobacco, like premium cigar tobacco being grown in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe I've ever tried Greek tobacco. And hmm. so I'd be curious if it was designed for cigars and since it's grown and treated and, you know, handled that way or if it's for pipe or something else. Yeah. But no, I, I can't say I've ever heard of Greek tobacco. That's fascinating. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, because I don't think we ever see Kentucky tobacco in cigars. But I think there's a lot of tobacco well, grown in, in Kentucky. Right? Oh, completely. Yeah, but it's mostly for cigarette. See, well, you see Kentucky fire period. Yeah. And so that's, that's actually Kentucky mm -hmm. tobacco, though? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You grow in, yeah, you grow in uh, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. You see a little bit coming out of Louisiana for Perique. Mm. Uh, and then a little bit of, you know, Florida sun grown. And then obviously it's everywhere else, so, you know, Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, Cuba, Costa Rica, Peru, Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Indonesia, uh, the grown tobacco in China. I mean, mm. you know, I, I know that, uh, like I said, I, know, I worked with a little German tobacco when I was at Drew Estate once they had oh. some, and it was, it sounds weird. It reminds me of sausage. Really? It was a weird, it had that weird kind of oily sausagey flavor subtle hints of beer and sausage just, yeah okay. later hosen <laughs> later hosen uh, brings up something interesting oh so boy. I, was, I was talking with a guy and, and it has nothing to do with later hosen but it, it's clothing mm. and i was talking with the guy and i said it had this cigar has leathery notes to me mm. and and the guy looks at me and goes i've never tasted leather like mad that i said that as if i just sit around all day and chew on leather right like call up my biker buddy and say let me lick your jacket <laughs> You know, that right. doesn't happen. I don't. I don't lick my wallet every morning to see right. what leather tastes like. Right. But it's interesting because we were talking earlier about how much of the flavor notes come from the nose, mm. and that's where I get the leather notes from. Because if you've ever walked into a leather store, yep. you smell that leather absolutely, and you can taste it. Mm -hmm. So you can equate that with what you're tasting in the cigar. Yep, absolutely. I just love that. I don't sit around and chew on leather. I've never eaten leather. I God, I would hope not. Yeah, I distinctly remember being, and this might lead into a question I see coming up, but uh, I distinctly remember being at the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival, coming back, and I was on the bus with these, and sitting in front of these two guys from Australia, and I don't know what prompted it. If they knew who I was, or they just, I don't know what. They go, you know what I'm sick of? These guys that say they taste all this stuff in cigars. You know what cigars taste like? Cigars taste like cigars. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sure. Like, that works for you, but like I would, I would venture to say if I put a Macanudo in with a Florida Dominicana, double Lajero, next, you know, had you smoke yeah. them side by side, you'd say those two things tasted the exact same. Yeah, but again, to each his or her own. 
Like, I don't know what you just said, dude, but can you please say the dingo ate my baby? <laughs> That's all I want to hear. And give me a crikey and the dingo ate my That's baby. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> I don't know what you said about cigars. Uh, is this a question you were alluding yes, to? Yes, it was. Look at you. How much do you miss traveling since there were no cigar festivals or shows this year and any, uh, any you are really looking forward to getting back to? I don't know if I can answer the first part of that question with there's there's no words to describe how much I miss traveling. Um, I I don't get to do it during the summer because I, I fortunately work I, in addition to, to half wheel. I also work in pro baseball, so I'm based here basically from the end of February until pretty much the end of the playoffs, and then we have another season uh, called Arizona Fall League, which keeps me here usually till the end of October. And then once I can start traveling, I love going places, and I miss it. I miss it for so many reasons. Like number one, I live in downtown Phoenix, which is a very urban concrete skyscraper place. Not like Manhattan, obviously, but um, I miss going out to farms and like walking mm. in the dirt and, you know, and being around actively growing plants. I mean, I, I miss that like crazy. Um, I miss the, 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 the noise of cigar factories when you hear, Chavetta's, you know, banging on the table, and, you know, you, you hear, you know, this and stuff. I just, I'm that I miss so much. The Lieberman rolling and all that Everything. stuff. Yeah, um, which sounds like a cash register to me, it, by the way. It's like it does to the cigar makers too. <laughs> right. uh, no, I I miss it incredibly. It it look, there's a lot of things I've, I've I've missed, obviously with you know the whole pandemic and everything, but man, not being able, I mean thinking about not being in Nicaragua this year or not being in the mm -hmm. Dominican or not going to Mexico. And, you know, I had, a, I had a trip to Ecuador lined up this year because I've never been to Ecuador and they don't make cigars or they just grow tobacco, but I really want to go and see Ecuador's um, landscape that obviously got shelved. Yeah. Uh, that would be really cool actually. Oh yeah. It's I like, I remember going to like going to the San Andreas Valley, which is a place I like to tobacco anyway. Uh -huh. And you're, you're literally in a Valley and it's, it's so close. It's right in front of you. And just looking out, seeing just acres of green tobacco mm. plants, and being in that air and just everything—I I miss that. I, I really love seeing new cultures and stuff like that. As far as the ones I'm looking forward to getting back to, um, I usually cover Nicaragua's festival. Uh, I did do the Dominican for a while, and then the schedules changed. I did Cuba's festival once, and I go to Cuba every so often or when we could go to Cuba. Uh, you can't go now, even on the media pass. It's a little well. It's a lot more challenging. Okay, I could, I could probably still get there through a journalist license, um, but they there was a point where they shut down the borders to basically everyone. They they closed the island effectively, and so you couldn't get down. So I was there in February, I think this year, twenty or twenty twenty, uh, and that was my I think that was my last trip before spring training started and the pandemic hit. But then also going to like Tampa. And going to the Tampa Cigar Festival, the Ybor, Ybor City Heritage Festival, you know Tampa is Cigar City, and going to see like the renovation of J.C. Newman, and they're going to be making cigars there. They're making the American there, and they make their other um, machine mates there. And just you know, being able just to get out and see something different, and have yeah. different food, and talk to different people, all of that, um, I, I I love. Yeah, absolutely love. What about the trade shows this year? What about them? You think they're going to happen? And do you do you miss that we didn't get them last year? We at least we didn't get the IPCP or PCA, whatever they're calling it now. Right. Um, do I think they're going to happen? I think TPE is probably going to be a challenge because that's in May. Mm. I, PCA is a tough one. 
Yeah. I think there's, I, I really think there's a burning desire to make it happen. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't say that I'd feel comfortable putting a hundred dollars down on, on one answer or not. I'd, yeah. I would probably guess, I hate to say this, but I'd probably say no. Just, I, I think that there's, there's just too much. There's too much. And the other half of it too is like, you know, with the vaccines coming out, not to go down that road. No, no. we are so close. Like we're so close to getting over this hump. Let's just get over the hump. And, you know, and I will say like, did I miss PCA last year? Sort of. I miss seeing people. Right. I hate the work. Parts of it, yes. Part, yeah, I, I, believe me, I am a dead man at the end of All oh. of us are. Everybody who goes yeah. to PCA that has to work yeah. is a dead man or dead woman after after the show. Um, I miss seeing a lot of people. I miss the conversations. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think the, the nice thing about PCA not happening in 2020 was that We'd have for years. There's been these conversations about, well, we're not going to go to the show this year. Right. We're going to save the money. Villiger did it a while back, and then this is supposed to be the year that General and Altidus and Drew Estate and Davidoff are going to do it. And you know, when you're talking about real world economic experiments, you're always limited because you can't like make somebody poor. You can't, you know, like you 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 can't cause harm to get an experiment result. Right. And yet, like, we finally figured out what the industry looks like with no trade show. Yeah. And granted, it's with, you know, in the pandemic and all the other stuff. But I think like that, and I don't know what the fault, I don't know what the result's going to be. Yeah. But to be able to finally have that happen, I think is really, is fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see because so many companies saw a, even if they saw a decline this year, which most of them saw an increase in sales this year. Yeah. People are smoking more because they're working from home. They're the guys are smoking on the weekend because it's the only time they had. Yeah. Are now smoking two, three cigars a day because they're sitting on their back porch. I well, working. I distinctly remember having a conversation with you very early on to this, and we were going out on the trails, and I said, you know, I'm really intrigued to see like what people are going to do. Like our retail or our, our consumers going to, you know, tighten up a little bit. And say, I'm just going to smoke through my humidor, right? And then a retailer is going to say, well, I'm going to slow down on reordering. I'm going to sell everything I have first before we, you know, reorder and let that other box sit for another month. And then what I didn't realize or didn't take into account was that a lot of people are going to be working from home. And I was having this conversation with some of my cousins yeah. yesterday. One's in banking and one's in, um, either, I think, cybersecurity. And I said, be honest with me, guys. Like, how many times have you gone out on your back porch during a work day and had a cigar that you wouldn't be able to do if you were in the office yeah. and both of them said, you're absolutely right. So yeah, I think it was an interesting way to, to see the, the fallout of that all happen. And I've certainly talked to companies who said, look, as soon as something lands, it goes right out to a store Yeah, where we are filling orders. So yeah, there are people are trying to catch up to back orders. Um, yeah. we've got a couple minutes left here. I want to jump to these last couple questions. Kat says, um, how about tobacco from the Philippines? Have you ever smoked that? I have actually, there is a company, I'm going to forget the name of it and forgive me, but they also do a pericline, but they use Filipino tobacco. Hmm. Um, I think the hard part is it was, it's tough to judge it because there's not enough of it. So okay. I can't remember being inherently floored by it, but, uh, and they may even combine it with perique, which gives a real smoky flavor anyway. Uh, but I, I have smoked a little bit of it, but not enough to really have a, a super strong opinion on it. Nice. 
Patrick, is there a cigar you'd be willing to pay your own $100 for? Oh, boy. Uh, I'll give you, I'll throw, I'll throw a couple out. So one of the questions we always get is, what's your favorite cigar? And my answer is usually my next one because there's so many great cigars out. Yeah. I would, if I could go back and have the exact same experience when I smoked my first Cuban cigar, which is the Boulevard Bellicoso Fino on the roof of the hotel I was staying in, in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, on a warm Caribbean night. Or no, no, Caribbean. Yeah, I think on the Caribbean side. Anyway, um, with like the breeze from the water and just like, you know, relax. I would pay, I would easily pay $100 for that. But that's um, the whole experience. That was an experience. Not just the cigar. Just that was the whole experience, yeah. Um, what would I pay $100 for? I may consider, and this is more than $100, problem is when you run into that, to the... You know, like when do you smoke it at the right time? Yeah. Uh, the Davidoff Oro Blanco, okay, it's five hundred dollars uh, before tax and everything. That was a pretty remarkable special cigar. Mm. Uh, beyond that, I, I don't know, because you know you see like the weird ones. You go to Casa Fuente and you see like the funky shape and the something. The Lancero um, that nobody can get. The, you get the PJ. The, you get all those, yeah. Yeah, black orchids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't know if there's... I'm sure I could probably come up with one. Um, it, I don't know what it would be. I sort of equate it to wine, although I don't think it translates as well. Like, if you're ever in Tampa, and go back to the travel thing, there's a restaurant in Tampa called Burn Steakhouse. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they have either the largest or the second largest privately held wine collection in the U S like mm. hundreds of thousands of bottles. And what you can do is you can go there and order wine by your, by the year. So I went there the year before my 40th birthday and sat down and got locked into getting in. And, uh, somebody, you know, the waiter comes over and says, you'd like to speak to the sommelier and say, yeah, of course. And I said, so I hear you can order by birth year. So I said, I would like to drink. I'm going to order your, whatever your you know, 100 day age steak is, whatever your signature thing, I would like to have a bottle of wine from 1978. And he goes, okay, how much you want to spend? I said, no, hopefully under 200 bucks. He goes, okay, what do you order? I said, steak, whatever. All right. And like 10 minutes later, he comes back with this kind of dusty bottle. And it's not only a 1978 Petite Sriracha from the same city I was born in. Wow. Totally random. Yeah. And it was like 80 bucks. It was incredible. And then they have a dessert room upstairs. And so like all the dessert wines and like cognacs, I also over from 78. And that was like, that was a pretty magical too. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I like paying for. Yeah. You know, if it's, as long as it's reasonable. Sure. I don't know if you could ever find like a 1978 cigar. Probably could. But I'm sure there's someone. I mean, you smoked one, what, like four or five years ago that was 96 years old or something like that? An, an original La Polina. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. You, it was. You were actually surprised to find flavor in that. I was. It was. It was far. It was certain. I don't know what it tasted like originally, but it was certainly not skeletal, not boring, and it was a short little smoke. And it, and it, it was on par. I mean, you, you can never equate the age component to it, but it was certainly on par with a milder cigar that you'd go find in a local shop. Hmm. So interesting. And one last question here from Kevin, Cigar Prop. Uh, broad question. Can Patrick tell us one thing that's going on in the cigar industry that he wishes would stop? <laughs> that's just a broad question. That's a tough one. One thing would stop. I can tell you mine. Sure, go ahead. Just from my perspective. Yeah. 
back orders. Sure. I wish that could stop. I mean, sure. with the factories operating at 50% at the most, right? you know, the back order situation is just, man, it's killer. Yeah. It's just absolutely killer. So it's, um, I, I wish that, that's one thing that I wish would stop. Oh, but sure. Obviously, sure. that's that's a thing of the times. Yeah, boy, when did it stop? Um, boy. Hmm, that's a really good question. I don't know if I necessarily have a great answer. I think the, you know, there's... Um, there's, I mean, there's certainly things I get frustrated by, although that's the news piece of it, and, and sort of play into, you know, a company may try and play to a certain media outlet, and that's frustrating. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't even know, because I think there's certainly some frustration when it was coming to regulations and the, the industry sort of seemed divided against each other because, you know, your biggest, you know, your biggest companies had products on both sides of whatever the line was going to be drawn. Right. And that was sort of, you know, it was, it was tough to get everyone on the same page, although I think we're in a much better place than we were a year ago. Um, I know, I, I don't want to speak for Charlie. I know he hates when people use the word collaboration, you know, and that's, is what it is. I don't know if that's a great one. Um, you know, I think just, I think the biggest thing I, I always like to see is just, Put out good cigars, yeah. and I don't think not, I don't think that's that's a challenge. I just think, you know, sometimes you see cigars that come out that are just so-so, and that's yeah. okay because you got to use the tobacco, and not everything's going to be a hundred pointer. But just, you know, I think if you can put out a good, genuine cigar, you're pretty good. So I do think this is one of the best times, and I've said this probably every year for the last ten years. This is one of the best times to be smoking cigars. You know, we we know more about growing tobacco, we know more about curing and processing, and you see relationships between growers and um, you know, using scientific methods to test soil on a square meter basis. Um, yeah, it's so. no longer just like throwing seeds in a field anymore. It is a full blown science. Yeah, like a bunch, and we have a bunch of mad scientists out there that are putting together some really cool stuff. Oh, completely. By just by just blending seeds and growing just unique oh, things. hybridization and everything. I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, there's there's so much good stuff that's uh, you know that, that's out there right now. And even again, I keep thinking that the bell curve always just keeps shifting to the right. In the, the the mean and the average generally gets better and better every year. You know, and that's and that's really fortunate to say. So, and yeah, stop making bad cigars. Great. <laughs> Well, with that, I think we're going to start bringing this to a close. Patrick, I just want to say thank you so much, not only for just for the friendship, oh, the amount of knowledge that you share with us, but for being willing to jump on the show and share Anytime. a little bit about what you go through with Half Wheel on a on a daily basis. And you saved me from my top 25 rates. So I did. That's a plus. <laughs> smoke what you enjoy. That's all I will tell you. That That is the biggest thing. Find what you enjoy, smoke it, and don't be afraid to ask your tobacconist what is similar to that so you can smoke other things. Yeah. The top 25 is not the end-all, be-all of what the best cigar is. Absolutely. Because that comes down to individuals' palates. It come, well, and not only that, it comes down to what was even considered in the first place. That's true. For the, for the pot and for the pool. Um, you know, every site has a different set of parameters. Some don't review Cubans. Some don't review single-store exclusives. And look, and we're as guilty as anybody. We've, you know, we in our last couple of years, we've had an event-only cigar, a $500 cigar, a single-store exclusive I'm probably forgetting something else people took issue with that won our cigar of the year, you know, but again, like that's the, that, that 
they come out of our universe that we've defined for what we want to smoke and enjoy and review. And, uh, you know, and even that doesn't mean it's for everybody. Yeah. And again, like, I don't, I don't always agree with what our number one is, but it's, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the reality of it. And, you know, we were talking about uh, a couple days ago, like, you know, half wheel is a unique because there's four of us. Yeah. So I can only contribute so much to a cigar being the cigar of the year. Whereas if you are running your own cigar, uh, cigar site and you're the only reviewer, it's your opinion. Yeah. And, and then we talk about how that filters into the consensus. Then you, you know, you have more weight than I do, you know, because you're, you're actually getting a full vote. I'm getting effectively a quarter of a vote. Right. So. Yeah. And even Charlie said it during the, the consensus when he was talking about that and he was doing his live show. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, he doesn't always agree with Half Wheels number one. Oh, I don't think any of us do. Yeah. I mean, like I say, it's, I remember having a year where I gave two cigars a 94. And I think we had 34 qualify. One finished first, one finished 34. Interesting. So smoke what you enjoy. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the debate. Enjoy, you know, and enjoy the learning process. Yeah. And, you know, just, it, it, it's such a, such a good time to be a cigar smoker. There's so many good things out there. And, Nothing less. Let it let it be a good discussion starter, and not a um, not a discussion ender. I guess. Yeah. So, any last words from Half Wheel? Where can they find you? So, uh, halfwheel.com is the best place to find us. Uh, subscribe to our daily newsletter because you get all the stories in your email every morning. You can follow Half Wheel on social media at Half Wheel. You can follow me at PHX Cigar Guy. Um, I'm not the best on social media, but. Um, Find it interesting. Follow me there. You look good with big bug eyes and the bug right. mouth. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but again, just, you know, check half wheel. We try and, we try and set it up so that, you know, we give you something to come back for two, three times a day, whether it's a story or review, you know, something interesting. Uh, yeah. Halfwheel.com. Yeah. And I love it because I, I wake up every morning and I get to see what the news is mm. and I, I may not want to read any of it. Sure. That just doesn't apply to me. It's not something that interests me, but I get that that single email every single day yeah. that tells me everything that you guys have posted the day before, whatever's new, yep. and I get to review it. There you go. And so oh, that's something I want to check out. Oh, hey, there's one of my lines, or hey, there's something that has to do with the taxes in my state, or yep. whatever it is. And that's going to, and that's another thing that's going to start coming up as legislators start getting back to work. You know, we're going to, you're going to start seeing a lot more flavored tobacco bans. Uh, I know one state that I'm writing about right now is, Working on a uh, in the in a bill that's been introduced uh, requiring face-to-face in-person transactions only. Interesting. Uh, I know one state is, I think, close to mandating that like their tobacco tax get added to your order when it ships to you. Um, so yeah, we're gonna see we're we're getting back into legislation time. So yeah, lots of that good fun stuff. Elections are over. Here we go. Uh, time time to legislate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, Patrick, again, I thank you so much for being a part of the show here with us My pleasure. and, thank and you. sharing so much information. Guys, I hope you learned something here today uh, from Patrick. I know I certainly did. Um, I saw Kevin, you know, you posted that uh, you learned that there's a front and a back to a cigar. Most people don't realize that. So most most factories are making sure that they put their best foot forward. And yep. that's the side. I mean, there is somebody literally looking at every cigar mm -hmm. and putting the band on. Multiple people. Yeah. Putting the band on the right side. And even just to build off that, if you really want to do something fun open up a couple different boxes of the same cigar and you'll see different shades Yeah. because all the cigars within a box tend to be grouped together by color. Correct. Yeah. So you can open up, you know, four boxes of Laranja and go, Oh, there's four vision, you know, visibly different shades 
even though it's the same cigar. Right. So it's it's really amazing. And, and I will say this too, like always be thankful and appreciative of the fact that you can smoke a really good cigar for a couple of bucks. Yeah. In most places at least. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, with that, guys, make sure you're following Half Wheel. Make sure you jump on halfwheel.com, get signed up for them. Half Wheel um, on every one of the social medias. Make sure you guys are following them. Uh, when they do live videos, they're very, very informative. Um, and then the the uh, daily email that you get is also very, very informative. I find it. It's pretty much the only thing that I follow uh, for all of my cigar news. Thank so you. I do appreciate that from you guys. And that's not just because of relationship. I just find it to be very, um, very neutral in the way you guys present your your news thank and, you and i love that about it it's factual it's neutral so and again if you guys are not yet doing so please follow us on the social medias uh all there on the facebook the instagram the twitter follow us on the social media uh, media on app down to the nub if you have not yet done so please subscribe like this video share it with your friends and of course we always have our patreon where you can support our show i know i said it earlier but we do appreciate everybody's support and with that we love you guys we appreciate you guys and all of your comments and questions and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next show Thank you. Have a wonderful day.